Minus three is presented for the people by Caesars Sportsbook, the greatest sports betting app of all time. Download it. Must be 21 or older. Minus three with Dave Damashek. Hi, hello, sports fans. Welcome back to Minus Three, presented as ever by Omaha. Yeah, we took off what was supposed to be a week. It ended up being two weeks. Many of you listening right now probably already know the reason why. It's because Eddie Spaghetti said, I refuse to work during. Oh, no, he didn't. He had nothing to do with that. Yeah, he, he, he wasn't pounding the table to celebrate the red, white and blue. No, my old man passed away. Um, 86 years old. Um, you know, tragic to my family. Not a tragedy on the human scale, though. And uh, I'm sure. Like your families, my family has had to deal with uh, tougher tragedies, but nevertheless, a massive loss for old Mo Damashek, my sisters, and uh, and the extended family out there. And great thanks before we roll out. Try not to get maudlin or anything like that. And I'm sure you'll hear plenty more stories about my old man. He is, after all, as I've said once, I've said it a million times, the reason why I'm talking into a microphone about sports right now. So it would be nearly impossible for me to have conversations around sports without somehow and on occasion invoking his name. Um, but let's get to it. There was a lot going on over this last fortnight while we were away. I was in Pittsburgh, PA. That obviously softened the, the emotional wounds for me. Always great to be on the banks of the three rivers there, watching the Penguins draft and the, the Buccos draft and all of that kind of stuff. Everybody over there anxious for the start of football season. We're fewer than nine weeks away now. Now back from his European tour, back on this side of the Atlantic Ocean, it's our guy fresh off the picket lines just an hour or so ago. It's our guy, Kevin Hench. What's the poop, fella? How are you? Oh, Shaq, you know, uh, I was so so sorry to hear about Doc Damashek, obviously a great man. And I was thinking about the story you told us about how he treated everybody at the hospital the same, you know, that he, the, the nurses, the orderlies, the janitors, he knew everybody's name. He treated everybody with respect. Everybody was the same in Doc Damashek's eyes. And then I, I was laughing. Cause I was like, you're kind of the same way. Only the opposite. You won't return phone calls from celebrities. You're, mm. you're, you treat everybody the same. It doesn't matter if you're a lowly PA or the star of the show. Sheck's mm. not returning your email. That's that's <laughs> that's what you got from the old man. Your old man was like, treat everybody the same. You're like, got it. You got it. I'll ice everybody. <laughs> that's Even- like I always say, Alex P. Keaton, Michael J. Fox, and Family Ties. Whatever your parents were, you end up being the opposite. His parents were hippie, so of course he had to be a corporate capitalist uh, Reaganite guy. I guess that's, uh, I guess I'll take that as a compliment. And so too probably would he, but you know, it, it is funny because you and Eddie Spaghetti there behind the glass. And I do have to say thanks to you guys, Spaghetti, generous, a mensch uh, to send something over for the family and everything. And, uh, and um, all that, but the notes from, from pals current from guys, from people I haven't heard from, in 20 years and 40 years, the the guy, the people who have been in your life and who have remained the people who in your brain are the ones like 
that guy, that friend stands out in my catalog, in my 50 years of of walking earth. Like that person holds a special place. Those are exactly the people. And maybe this is, um, you know, having low expectations. People should step up in in, in these sorts of times. And yet 100% of those people did step up, reach out from wherever they were, um, whether they were stateside. I have a friend from Paris who was texting me throughout and uh you know from near and far and from you know new friendships to old so many people rose up but you guys both eddie spaghetti and and hench um dealt with my old man and it wasn't always delightful if he wanted to bend your ear if you were doing something like watching the old man if he saw that red Sox logo <laughs> on your ball cap you were gonna hear it and it didn't make a difference if you were interested or not. I watched him on multiple occasions. You got got at least once, Hench, by him, where he would bend that Red Sox fans or just the owner of a Red Sox cap. That was enough for him to launch well, into funny, 45 you know, minutes of Ted Williams stories. But if what's funny about those moments when, you know, the old man starts holding court and you're sitting there, you're like, I know all he's going off is my cap. But he he doesn't know that I'm essentially a Red Sox historian. Like, oh, man, there's nothing you're going to tell me that I don't know. Really? <laughs> really? 406 in 1941? You don't say. Has anyone hit 400 since? No, nobody? What? <laughs> like, it's just funny to just be listening to a lot of stuff you know, being told as this is a state secret. Nobody knows this stuff. Uh, um, well, I'll, I'll say this. The Red Sox. So many great, like uh, my friend Todd said to me, he said, stick around the house as long as you can possibly stay there. Like if you have to get back to L.A., understood, but like stay with them because it'll there will be additional meaningful moments with because he just lost his old man. He said with with your father and with your mother. And 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 it was definitely true and, and you know, rugged, but special moments with both of them and you know when the old man was lucid i would take it you know i like my lists he's always liked his list so i made his lifetime list for him about like let's go through it what's your favorite what was your favorite restaurant what was your favorite golf course and we made one through five lists of them all and and he would struggle to get the words out but he would get them out controversial one was uh favorite team of all time he won with the red Sox over the steelers i told him i didn't care for him. and he took ted williams by a whisker over lemieux i didn't care for that jive either is that when you dealt with it i didn't want to get is on that when your much. hands went to the pillow you're like god damn it he's <laughs> lost the line here is he's, he's lost it why do we have to listen to this He's but I told I appreciate it. I told at the funeral. I I told that story. I said the 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 two book the, the two stories I suppose that that best sort of represent him are the day I went to the hospital. You just mentioned with him, and in the span of twenty minutes, a janitor and a woman in the cafeteria both came up to me as though they were the the second one was um, parroting what the first person said, and they said, you know, there are a lot of doctors in here, successful. Your dad's the the one who always stops to talk to us, always treats us well, always is good to us and asks about ourselves. Won't shut up. Just will not shut up. I got well, that. I inherited. You, hey, hey, uh, doc, I, you see the mop in the bucket? That's because I have to clean this effing bathroom. Uh, I, I get it. Ted Williams refused to go the other way. He pulled it through the shift. I've heard the story. Got to get to work. I love that you'll bend my ear, but uh, don't you have to get to work? Don't you have rounds? 
<laughs> I think you need a. Didn't you, you hear on the PA there? I think they're calling for you. I didn't hear. Yeah, you just better go to be safe. But the other one was, I went with him in the mid '80s when I was a kid. Um, to he was the pit doctor, not their orthopedist, but their general practitioner. So he wasn't required to be on the sideline for every game, but he would go once a year as kind of a treat to himself, and the school would send him along. So he and I went to see Pitt play Purdue. Jeff George, big big uh, big get for the Boilers. And sure enough, Jeff George hung a couple of touchdowns in the first couple of minutes on the Panthers, and it was 14 nothing. And I'm standing on the sidelines as a little kid, and I'm thinking, like, oh, my God, what have we done? Ironhead Hayward on one sideline, Rod Woodson, future Steeler, on the other. Um, Pitt rallies and, and blows them out, and it's early fourth quarter. And John Kinjemi, the guy who took over for Dan Marino, is the starting quarterback, and he's still in the game. But Pitt. Uh, the defense is on the field at the moment. And I'm looking around for the old man. This is an act of, you know, Pitt and Purdue. They're not the, you know, the division one, a teams playing one another. And I'm looking for the old man and I can't, uh, Oh, there he is over sitting on the bench next to John Kinjemi and they're talking. And I'm like, what, what could they be talking about? And I go over and the old man, as I get into earshot is saying to John Kinjemi, the starting quarterback, like, and then, you know, on 16, how it kind of dog legs up to the left there. And I'm like, what the hell are you doing? You can't be talking to the starting QB in the middle of a big time college football game. And yet that's exactly what he was doing. I talked to John and Jimmy about it years later. He couldn't have been lovelier about it. He said, well, your old man loved golf. And he wanted to talk to me about it at the time. I'm like, I can't believe you didn't get him banned from the sideline in the midst of a football game. He's talking to you about his golf game. But anyway, that was the old man talking to everybody well, who came that's into one his, thing, uh, uh, your old man and my old man shared, which is my dad loves to talk about golf courses that I've played one time. So he'll be like, you know, yeah, at 15, you have to make that choice to go, you know, over the water. I'm like, no, I have no idea what you're talking about. He'll just plow through. He doesn't care that I don't remember. That doesn't have anything to do with the story he's telling about his crazy seven iron. But now <laughs> his latest thing, I have told him a million times, I don't know how to play bridge. I don't know what the rules of bridge are. He sends me these emails about the no Trump bid and the grand slam, or I don't like, there's just all these words. I don't under, I don't know. It means nothing to me. I've told him it means nothing to me. These are long emails, like chapters of bridge matches with all this lingo that I don't understand. And I, I never go way to go dad. I never respond. I'm like, Wow. You know I don't know how to play bridge. We've never played bridge. What what is what is happening? Well, as as long as he also goes into the light, preferring the Red Sox over the Steelers. Well, I didn't care for that vote, and I told him as much. And I did take the time too. We sat there. It is funny the golf course stuff. I you know we're passing time, and I'm just trying to keep his brain active. And um, so I went through the course that he and I both played many times, and it was. 27 holes and so I, we went through each of the 27 holes and i was going through like the strategy and like you would try to hit the ball up the right side so that you would then have a seven iron in up the hill for them we're going hole by hole and the next day i guess my mother said that was really uh neat what you and what you and david were doing there he's like yeah david was wrong about some of the holes but i didn't want to tell him he was wrong 
That's it. That's what he had to say about it. Anyway, that was the old man that uh, you'll continue oh, to hear stories God. about the old man. And uh, he would be excited. He's one of those old time guys who is nostalgic about all-star games. Ted Williams hitting the home run in the first one ever. I don't know if you ever heard about that, but that's how the first all-star game ended. <laughs> number nine hit a homer in it. And number, so the was 20, he number nine. He was number nine. I did. That's not. right. He was. Yeah. Uh, the 2023 edition is upon us. And you know what? Let's get down to business here um, and tell you seasons and otherwise has the total on that game Tuesday night at seven and a half. And look at look at your pal, Dave, always hustling, always doing the research on this. Only five of the last 14 All-Star games have gone over seven and a half. Eight of 14 have even hit seven total runs in that. So I think the under... I don't like the all-star game. I don't support it. So I don't feel like I'm being a hater on it. I'm being a realist about it. It stinks. It's dumb. I hate the the, the home field stuff. Does that still happen or no? Did they cancel that? It's still home field goes for this bum novelty game. Either way, bet the under. That's my, that's uh, my offering. And I, we're uh, off and running. I agree. I totally agree with that. You know, everyone comes in throwing a hundred, for one inning, like, you know, you, you realize. Right. Exactly. When you see when you see starters who only have to throw one inning, you're like, Oh, they do have that extra gear. Whereas a closer can just, well, now you're going to see everybody's, you know, cheese for, for 22 pitches. So I, I like the under there and agree uh, both with the under and your assessment of the event itself. Sadly, and you know we're share that opinion is shared by ninety nine percent of the sporting public apparently because poor baseball is on the ropes despite despite some generational superstars like Shohei Otani. Um, I do you keep pushing that because of the regional demise of of like Bally's or whatever. But does that is that an indication that the sport is for real? I mean, you really think? I mean, but is the NBA isn't by most measures more popular at this point is it or is it in terms of tv ratings let's say well the i mean obviously nobody watches regular season baseball that's a that's but a nobody hatch. watches regular season you nba know, either, and then and then um you know i maybe maybe the world series would would trump the nba finals i'm sure it does but you know 12 guys on a roster versus 25 now they make a lot more on average, but generationally, like I always go like, well, what's the future of Twitter? None of Sophie's friends are on Twitter. The, the, like the future of Twitter is short. Zero percent of the kids, they 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 think Twitter's lame. So it's like they don't know what CBS is. Like they, there's just like True. so when you're when you're getting that that input from the next generation, like we're almost the last generation that likes baseball. Like forget about the young generation. There's a generation between us that doesn't watch baseball. And it's like, what, how would you ever, you know, in a UFC world, how would you ever have an uptick in interest in baseball? You know, it's so pastoral. I mean, I, I, I will say that the clock helps. Um, I get, yeah, those are, those are valid points. And um, you know, Five years ago, people said, well, baseball is clearly screwed up, but it was put on the shoulders of Mike Trout. It's like he's just too vanilla a personality. He could walk down the street. No one would know him. 
you couldn't say the same thing about Shoei Atani. Isn't he like six foot four Asian guy? Every, you would know, like, who is that guy? Like, you would know, everybody would know him. Most people you would think would know him. And he is, for our discussions over the last six months or so, about Connor McDavid versus Shoei Atani and their respective dominance over the rest of their peer groups, I now I now have shifted over to the Otani side of this thing. This is crazy. He is now like he's going to retire as the 1A, right? Like he's going to, when it's all said and done, barring catastrophic injury, hit, this is where this is tracking, isn't it? That it's going to be like, well, Babe Ruth, never faced a man of color or a breaking ball. And like, I think he has a chance to go down as the greatest in the sport that has the, the greatest history to it now, or or am I overstating it? Well, I mean, obviously a lot of the story yet to be written. Sure. The thing that the, the generational change he's going to make, I mean, look, we all grew up, we all played sports. we, we were on all-star teams and the biggest we were kid, some of us were on all-star teams and the <laughs> biggest kid at on the all-star team was the pitcher and hit third right. everybody's experience is like hey that kid the kid who went through puberty first is the pitcher and he hits third and he's the best athlete and like and and then that go and then at a certain point the geniuses of professional baseball go hey you you just can't do both and it's like, well, why not? This guy, this guy is a great hitter and he's a great pitcher. And it's like, yeah, you got to choose. And what's so funny about it and what Shohei has done so well is like when you compare baseball to like the Stanley Cup playoffs, like when you want like half your roster is playing with broken bones, like the 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 war of attrition to raise the silver, what you are putting yourself through physically. This idea that you can't pitch two times a week and hit third and bat four times. Like baseball is asking so little of your body. Hey, idiots, if you have a guy who who plausibly can do both, feel free in a ball to let him try until he proves that he can't do one or the other. Like, why are you why are you taking this this super athlete and just shaving half his value off. Okay, football makes sense. Roy Green was the last guy we saw do it. Deion Sanders and Charles Woodson dabbled a little bit in, you know, both sides of the ball, but not, you know, full time on any level. Baseball, as you say, like if you're in the field, you're just standing there. Pitching is is uh, obviously more active, but on your non-pitching days, the idea, Paul Skeens just went first overall to the Badland Buckeyes. And now it's like, ha ha, no, he's a pitcher. He's a pitcher. We know. But but the book on him is he would have been a third round pick as a as a first baseman. Well, they let him hit, Buckos. What, what, what you, you got someone better in the system? I doubt it. It ain't the Yankees. It's the it's the, it's the Buckos. The 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 farm ain't that deep. Yeah, at least you better be trying to have this guy hit for you if you know what's good for you. Maybe it'll launch. You know what? Maybe his so. influence will be so. great enough that they'll be like, well, if he can do it. Maybe our guy should try it too, right? Maybe that'll be the a new better way. And it's just he's proven that it's that the long-held assumption that it's physically impossible is wrong. Right. Exactly right. And I thought, well, this can't work because if it would have worked, 
then wouldn't Babe Ruth have done it? That's when the clock starts for me. It's like, well, somebody with the Yankees back in 1920 was like, no, you can't have them do both. And they, they must've known something. And if it didn't stand back then when guys were throwing 300 innings, then you certainly wouldn't have it happen now, but yeah, who knows? Maybe this will, uh, maybe show Yatani's legacy will be starting the, the, the era or the century of, of two way baseball players. That kind of gets us into our goat and goat. So let's jump into it. Let me squeeze in a quick break here. You know, when the conversation turns stampers, I always go with my number one as Caesars. Let's talk about them a little bit, shall we? Tickets to the game, merch, meals at iconic restaurants, stays at Caesars Palace. All this can be yours when you bet with Caesars Sportsbook. Win or lose, every bet earns rewards credits, which you can redeem across the empire. Now, if you haven't started yet, register using this code. Listen up. Omaha full the word Omaha and the word full. And then you place your first bet up to $1,250. If you win, great. If you keep those winnings, but if you lose, you'll get your stake back as a bonus bet. 21 and over only. Offer valid and must be physically present in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Massachusetts, Maryland, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming. New users and first $10 plus wager only. Must register with eligible promo code. Bet amount of qualifying wager. Returned only if wager is settled as a loss. Maximum bonus bet, $1,250. Bonus bet expires 14 days after receipt. Tier credits and reward credits will be added to account within seven days after qualifying wager settles. See caesars.com slash promos for full terms. Void where prohibited. Know when to stop before you start gambling problem. Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. Colorado, Wyoming, Kansas, affiliated with Kansas Crossing Casino, call 1-800-522-4700. Indiana, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Iowa, call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Louisiana, call 1-877-770-STOP. Licensed through Horseshoe, Bossier City, and Harris, New Orleans. Massachusetts, call 1-800-327-5050 or visit Gambling Helpline MA.org. Michigan, call 1 800 270 7117. Illinois, Maryland, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Ohio, Pennsylvania, affiliated with Harris, Philadelphia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1 800 Gambler or West Virginia, 1 800 Gambler.net, New York, call 877 8 Hope NY or text Hope NY 467 369. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. I'll be quick. I just honored the old man and uh, everybody who rose up, Mo Damashek as well, for her, I mean, you know, legit. In the real world, 
heroism, just never losing her sense of humor and her patience. And um, thank goodness for the old man that he had her. Thank goodness for all of us that uh, that she was there, the boots on the ground for all of that. I don't know how average women who are not, you know, trained nurses deal with those kinds of things. So uh, let's fix our health care system. By that, that's it. I'm off the I'm off the uh, the soapbox for that one. And instead, that can I'm, be your I'm gonna, bad goat. Your bad goat can be the American health care system. Yeah, it's pretty. I, I I did not know it was uh, it was as dire as uh, as it was until these last until this last month or so. I also have to give a shout out for the pluck. I don't like what Bob Huggins did that got him fired or he resigned from West Virginia driving around Pittsburgh with cans of beer all over his SUV floor, I guess three times the legal limit and all that. But a month after the fact, I don't know if you're up to speed on this, but now says, or his lawyer says he never resigned. Now, now the, the school has provided the, to the public, the text message that said, this serves as my resignation from West Virginia University, blah, 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 um, my retirement, all of that. But it was sent from his wife's phone. So he is attempting, I guess, his version of plausible deniability or something that that he's not. And so the school at minimum has to make good on all this. And, you know, like I say, <laughs> I love a real good liar. Who's going to come in? <laughs> Who's going to be like after this shameful 2023 that he's had this on the heels of the homophobic radio stuff and everything else being like, nope, didn't do it. Like, yeah, no, we did. We have the text messages. Nope. Wasn't me. Yeah. But it says right here, coach. Nope. I don't know who you, who you're confusing me with. Like coach, we got, <laughs> I'm tickled by this. This is my favorite chapter of the Bob Huggins 2023 melodrama. I think it's very funny attempting to deny something that multiple parties are aware you did, including yourself. <laughs> what? How's it going over at the house with the missus? Like, well, but Bob, I sent the text like you dictated it to me. Like, they don't know that. I think it's uh, I think it's just hysterical. So well, anyway, what's oh. the the the, the difference? It's money, right? They have to. I'm sure. I, yeah, I don't know. I can't imagine he thinks he's going to be you know out there on the bench uh, next season. But I guess it's probably about money. And quickly, my bad goat is anyone who has a microphone or Twitter or otherwise and is saying into it or typing into it that Andrew Luck should be a pro football Hall of Famer. Fat. He retired after six years. Let's settle down, everybody. And that is coming from somebody who thinks that the Hall of Fame is overrated so long as Bob Greasy keeps his gold jacket. Andrew Luck, don't rise to that level. Stop this jive. Andrew Luck does not belong in Canton unless he's a visitor. Hench, you're right. Uh, Totally agree. I I mean, if, if your career is that short, then you would have had to win multiple titles in that sure. window. Or, you know, I mean, Gail Sayers' generational talent obviously cut short uh, uh, by injury. Um, you know. I'll stip you. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll asterisk the guys who get hurt. Andrew Luck decided to retire. He doesn't, he doesn't then get the gold jacket after the fact. Um, but, you know, I my memory of of – Andrew Luck, of course, is 
is losing 45 to seven right. to the Patriots in 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 Deflate Gate. Uh, this this idea, like after they fixed the balls, the Patriots outscored the Colts 28 zip. So let's talk about the cheating. Like what insane. Uh, yeah, obviously Andrew Luck can visit Canton, uh, agreed. Um, my good go, and again, we're in the dog days of summer. I was literally checking my phone. When does the Women's World Cup start? I'm like, I'm losing my mind. Uh, I, I mean, I was very happy the the 48 hours before I left for Europe that both South Florida teams lost was great. Uh, that delighted oh me. Oh my God, it's been that long. Wow, yeah, it's really I didn't been have a to, long time. I didn't huh? have to worry about either of those crappy teams uh, raising their their championship trophy. And oh I, yeah, what are you going to react to the to the uh, Porzingis stuff? What about that? I'm delighted. I'm excited. Um, I, you know, as I've said on this podcast, the thing we love about football is the lowest scoring team in the NFL is not going to play in the Super Bowl next year. That what the Miami Heat did to the NBA, uh, it was a hate crime. It was so horrible what they did to the and, and even made the finals not interesting, just junked it up in the loss. Anyway, okay. glad that's behind us. But I Heather goes up to, and does Gigi's bedtime. Gigi doesn't need Gigi's nine, but they just they go up, they do TikToks, they hang out, they're just having the time of their lives up there. And then often Heather falls asleep in Gigi's bed. Now I can't watch any of our shows that were wait like I can't watch anything that we're contractually obliged to watch together. So I have to just kind of float around looking for stuff that she won't be mad if I watch, you know, stuff I've seen basically, you know. So this last week, Raging Bull is 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 on, you know, it's it's 12 minutes into Raging Bull. And I'm like, oh, this is perfect. I can just watch it as long as it takes for Heather to come downstairs uh, and we can watch our show. And she doesn't come down for a while. When she does come down, she's mesmerized. She's seen it. And you're just watching the goat, De Niro. Like, it's so insane. It looks like, like footage of the fights. Like, he looks mm. so authentic in that role as, as, the, as the brawler, as the raging bull, Jake LaMotta, who... While I'm watching it, of course, I'm Googling because he's like, he's losing so many fights. And you're like, how is this guy the champion? He's got his kicked again by, by Sugar Ray Robinson. His career record, 83, 19, and four. Like, Yeesh. How, how have we heard about a guy who lost 19 fights? But Boy, that's, that's getting into Balboa territory. His record such- before he got in the ring with Creed was lousy. It was near 500. Boy, that's and, bad. And yet, Jake LaMotta lives till 2017. Jake LaMotta he did? He lives to 95. Wow. He lives to 95. Crazy story. Anyway, then... Next night, same scenario. All right. And I still pay for direct TV. It's terrible. But I get to do that thing where I float around looking for something. And uh, king of comedy. You know, and you're like, who in a three-year period could be Jake LaMotta and Rupert Pumpkin? It's not possible. It's not possible. And, And it was making me very wistful for when a certain kind of movie could get made. Now, you know, it's like, I, 
I tried to watch everything everywhere all at once. I gave it a, I tried. I, I just literally the best picture. I I can't make it through the best pictures now. I like the best picture of the year. (laughs) I'm like, wait a minute. Are we going, are we going to go into that dimension? Are we going, is it happening again? Oh God, I'm bored. Anyway, so it, I, I, got, I got very, I had to have my eight year old explain the spider verse to me after we came out of there. I was like, I got it. But like, what did you think? And he had a better handle on it than I did. Right? I, I prefer spider verse to everything everywhere all at once, which is live action spider verse. But anyway, so I've been very wistful for a, a time when Raging Bull could get made, when King of Comedy could get made. It's like, hey, Scorsese and De Niro want to make a movie done tell us where to send the money like just because you 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 know you're 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 the goats you're the best at what you do and and now it's just it is all the mcu and you know i i mean it just like you can't you can't have a quiet simple moment um so de niro the goat the good goat and then let me interrupt and say this i think because i've made that same observation talk about i'm i'm obviously no expert on uh on acting um but the range exhibited by um, Duvall going from Tom Hagen to uh, what's his name in Tender Mercies. And in the middle of that, um, the crazy colonel in Apocalypse Now, Charlie don't Charlie don't surf that whole thing. That's a I think a 10 year span too, or maybe 11 year span, but that range talk about a quiet movie, tender mercies that that's the same guy that's uh, that's ordering his privates to go surf in the waters that are being bombed over in the Nam in like a five year period is, is, uh, is hard to fathom, but yes, same goes for De Niro. Just watch King of comedy too. Sandra Bernhardt uh, steals the picture, right? Real how good it is. But so later, Duval makes a movie called The Apostle, which is a very small right. film. He's incredible. And what I always laugh about that nomination, he was nominated for it. DiCaprio refuses to attend the Oscars in support of Titanic because he personally was not nominated. So he's pissed. Because he was snubbed while everyone else who had anything to do with the movie was nominated. But, you know, our thing, we share this. Okay, you can be pissed. Give us a name. You got to tell us who should not have been nominated. And so (laughs) Duvall was nominated for The Apostle, a movie nobody saw. And he's incredible. And it's like, Leo, what are you doing in Titanic? What what are you doing? What are I mean? You're 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 being Leonardo DiCaprio. Great, being what, pretty like a girl. Right. Yeah. What's the what's the moment that rises to the level of what Duval is doing in this in this? You're moral, so stupid, Rose. <laughs> this morally complicated movie. Anyway, <laughs> yes, Duval. Uh, honorable mention. Goat. My bad goat. And this was a this was a surprise. You mentioned your your number one draft pick there, and now of course. You know, you basically hold your breath and wait for Tommy John, right? right? I mean, this is like, this is the, this is baseball now. You go like, we got him. Oh, his arm blew out. So uh, Henry Davis has made it to the show with the, with the swinging Swinskis uh, there, there in Pittsburgh. And, you know, may, and they maybe are building something exciting on the banks of the three, three rivers. 
Um, Henry Davis went one in that draft and uh, um, Jackson Job went third to the Tigers. Jack Leiter went second to the Rangers, which meant that Marcelo Mayer fell to fourth for the Red Sox. Delighted me. And he's he's you know, he scuffled a little bit uh, in double A, but his trajectory is still that guy's going to be a good major league baseball player. But fourth I just, overall, I think, prospect yeah, in baseball overall, right now. You know, and then I went, but I looked up Jack Leiter, who, you know, people were like, hey, man, Jack Leiter could fall to us. If Marcelo Mayer goes, you know, it was like, and the thing about pitchers is you're like, I, you, I don't know. You don't know. You have no idea. I looked up Jack Leiter's stats in double A. So it's one thing if you're like, you're having trouble hitting the curve in the instructional league or low A, you're, you, there's a lot of time to work out the kinks. Once you're in double A, you're getting close to like, this is what it's like. Jack Leiter is five and 15 with a 5.53 ERA in 37 double A starts over the last Holy year. hell. I had no I'm idea. Like, wow. That's that. That's that. He's got an under two to one strikeout to walk ratio and he just gets rocked uh, it, it, in, in double uh, A for the Rangers. And, you know, it's like, I wish you the best of luck with your, with your stud draft pick, but it's like, there's nothing close to drafting pitchers in terms of crapshoot. Like it's, it's like, it is, I mean, maybe quarterback, frankly, maybe this will be a good segue to, uh, to, to talking about quarterbacks, but it's like, you know, this guy struck out everybody he faced in college. Okay. He's, he's getting crushed at round rock. I would like, you know, we always, I, I always say the 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 scouts, the thing I celebrate among pro football scouts is that they don't miss on who's a can't miss quarterback prospect or they haven't so far. Um, the pitcher thing, like you say, it's arm injuries, but I don't think it's just owed to that. I'm excited about this guy, but the thing that spooks me, this Skeens character, he's even got the the piratey mustache that uh, that fits in perfectly with the Pirates existing logo, is I swear, I, because of course I anticipate, like it seems like a 50-50 proposition that your guy's going to have to have Tommy John at some point. If you're... It, there's something about the arm action required the the pitches that they're throwing that just devastates these arms. And it's hard to debate at this point, but on top of that, watch this Paul Skeens throw the ball. He looks exactly like Mark prior to me, his, his, his specific arm action. When he, when he unloads is a mirror image to me of Mark prior. So that spooks me, but <laughs> listen, I'm, I'm over the moon. Everybody back in Pittsburgh's belly aching. Dude, these Buckeyes, they stay good. Like, what did you think they were going to be? They'll be good next year. They legitimately should be halfway decent. Let's just so – we, well, we, we have a lot on our plate. We have the – There's the, this uh, in baseball. You know, they, talk, they're, they they say a bridge year. It's a bridge year. So this well, has been a bridge. Year. It's been a bridge yeah. century so far. But whatever. Yes. That's, 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 bridge the, century. So the, the point Sox, is we're looking good. Yeah, you know? Exactly. You're ahead of schedule. The Red Sox are ahead of schedule. It's a bridge year. You know who's not in a bridge year? The New York Yankees. And that brings crazy. us to Eddie Spaghetti. Did you did your rags get what you wanted there, Spaghetti? I am yeah. hope let interrupt if the Pittsburgh Penguins acquire Eric Carlson during this podcast. Obviously, you stop everything down to celebrate with me. 
short of that, are you excited about what the rags did? That's actually my part of my good goat is, um, well, it's half a shout out to Chris Jury. You know, we've seen obviously the biggest example of this in the NHL history is Wayne Gretzky trying to become a coach and not really translating. And we've seen it with certain people, you know, Larry Bird really couldn't do it. Um, But Chris Jury, one of the better, you know, at least in the group of one of the best American players of all time in NHL history, uh, being able to be a very good GM and get, you know, the the Rangers in position to win, um, having a later in the first round draft pick, getting a guy Gabe Perot is going to play at uh, my rival Boston College um, but a guy that could have went top seven to ten if he just was better defensively at the forward position so I love the draft um, but then with the limited I wish the Pens would have taken that guy because he sounds high skill I mean what do I, I talk about not knowing league, about yeah. baseball guys I mean look who the hell well I know about the 25th ranked NHL prospect but it, that guy Perot who your rags got sounds like yeah. he, like you really got a, a steal at that point. In the totally first great. Round. Pretty excited with the, the Rangers, the, the, the talent pool they have in the minors. And then with the limited cap space, because you have these high salary guys, like, you know, bread man and, and Kreider and Ms. Banajad and all that. Um, getting like Blake Wheeler and like Gustafson on defense all for like less than a million a year, like 800,000 a year, Jonathan quick. I mean, I mean, quick is clearly not even close to the player he was, but grew up a Rangers fan. And I don't even necessarily think that Igor needs a guy um, to really spell him. It's more to like how to deal with the day to day, how to deal with a, a deep playoff uh, run, which quick now obviously has done with not only the Vegas Knights recently, but with the Kings. So I think for that sense, it's good. So uh, Chris Jury, uh, Chris Jury gets my half my good go to the week for just doing a great job with limited resources, limited cap space, later picks in the draft uh, and did a swallow job. And hopefully the Rangers get back on track here uh, next season. And the other half of good go and, and hence you brought up quarterbacks, um, you know, and obviously we work for Omaha, but this is one of the coolest things seeing Peyton team up with NFL films and doing this Netflix documentary coming out in two days, July 12th called quarterbacks. Um, what makes it so amazing is that we're now going to be able to watch and see an in-depth uh, Patrick Mahomes at like the height of his powers. Like, you know, you get your last dance when Michael Jordan's retired, but we're getting Patrick Mahomes in the here and now to see what makes him so great. We have a clip that they, they sent to us of, of his, you know, insane arm angles, like, uh, and, and him, you know, being a baseball player early in his career. Um, it's just going to be amazing. Obviously Kirk Cousins involved in this too. And Marcus Mariota. So you're getting guys at different levels of their career. I think it's going to be cool to finally have awesome. this debate. I mean, like every radio show, every podcast debates endlessly. Who's the best? Mahomes, Cousins, or Mariota, and we're finally going to get that answer. <laughs> I do so. find it it's it is interesting though because you have Mariota who was easily the biggest star in college out of the three of them. He was a me- I mean mega star oh, yeah. at Oregon, and then he right. you know um, and then he comes in as a high draft pick, and things were you know he's a bit of a journeyman now. Then you got a guy like Cousins, late round pick, had a solid career at Michigan State. Obviously the same draft, the same team as when Robert Griffin the third was drafted, and now he's had a. I mean, by all accounts, he gets made fun of a lot, but a very, very solid career. One of the more stable quarterbacks in the league. And then you get the guy who could go down as, you know, uh, I guess one B to Tom Brady, uh, NFL quarterbacks with Mahomes. So I think it's going to be a really interesting documentary. And I'm looking forward to it in two days there. So that's, uh, th- that gets I love my, that. My thought. I love I, That's great. And um, yeah, and it's not just Peyton and Omaha and Eli, but also our guy from NFL films, the king of films currently, Keith Cosro. Uh, everything he touches, everything films touches is solid gold uh, upon release. So um, so definitely check that one out. I also I have to go back to something we talked about, I think, about a year ago. Is it a, can you make a pretty compelling case 
um, could the three of us that in Otani, Connor McDavid, um, and Mahomes, I don't know if the NBA has somebody. Well, LeBron, I guess still that 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 we're watching the four greatest in their respective sports in history of in the history. history well, of those I sports. mean, again, I don't, I don't know how you. I, I don't I know, know what the I know. just fun to talk about, right? Ruth's, Ruth's numbers are just they're they're so ridiculous. McDavid, uh, for sure. I mean, you know, if if he if he do, keeps doing what he's doing in this generation, you know, because we were already we thought that Gretzky's goal record was untouchable. That could go down uh, with the Russian machine, and you know, if McDavid is doing against keeps doing against this NHL, what Gretzky did against that NHL. Uh, you know, I mean, obviously you and I don't think Gretzky is the greatest player of all time anyway, but that will be the comparison for McDavid. Um, and he then get some cups or he can't be Mahomes, in the conversation without them. You know, Mahomes, Mahomes is climbing the career ladder. Like his numbers career numbers in the playoffs, career numbers, regular season. So again, much, much like Gretzky, Brady put all these numbers out there and you're like, well, he's just going to be one of one. No one's ever going to put up these playoff numbers that Brady did. And it's like, oh yeah, Mahomes is ahead of schedule. Uh, the thing it's, it's so great about the clips uh, from, from the Omaha show that uh, the spaghetti sent us is there's a, there's a kind of play you see it in basketball where the team plays flawless defense for 22 and a half seconds and forces Steph Curry to shoot an off balance three that he makes. You're like, well, it's like, it's so backbreaking. It's much more backbreaking than just giving up an open shot. Like you're like, we did everything exactly right. And they had got three points with Mahomes. Like, okay. Nobody's open. Okay. You, you, you kept him in the pocket as long as possible. Now he slips out. Everyone's still plastered to their man. This is incredible. He's getting to the sideline. Now we have good pursuit. Everyone's covered. The sideline will act as another defender. Oh, he just threw it left-handed for a touchdown. Like these throws, like he against his body, underhand diving, you know, as he describes in the clip, you know, these baseball throws, it, it, you know, it's, you know, our, our fearless leader, Peyton Manning, the greatest on platform thrower of a football of all time. But once he got off platform, things were moving in your favor as he'll, he'll freely admit that you, you wanted Peyton Manning off platform. You're like, Oh good. The play is broken down. We've got Mahomes off platform. He's, he's in trouble. You're effed. It's like Wade Boggs being Oh two. It, it counts 0-2. We must have an advantage. No, Wade's got you right where he wants you. Mahomes, all those sidearms, underhand, you, you know, throwing around defenders, like throwing sliders, like it's so insane. And the when he describes it, those as baseball throws, it, he reminds me of shortstops. Omar Vizquel was the first guy that I saw do this just like regularly. Viscal figured out there was a certain slow chopper that he just should bare hand. Like Viscal just started like bare. He knew the mathematics of if I catch it with my glove 
and I transfer it, he's going to be safe. If I catch it barehanded and and like not not like rollers, like balls hit with a little bit on them to the mm-hmm. hole, he would just catch with his bare hand and throw the guy out. Ray Ordonez, who 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 didn't play as as long as maybe he should have, but he invented a play that now you see all the time. That that slide into the hole, that pop up slide. Yeah, where right. You go to your backhand, but you plant your leg. So you go to the ground, but you come up with all that torque because your leg is planted. Like I'd never seen anyone do that before Ray Ordonez did it. And then everyone's like, hey guys, this is how you make this play in the hole. Uh, Jose Iglesias, I, I feel like became the best at why, why is the ball touching your bare hand if you're already going to second and you fielded the double play ball, just continue your motion with the glove and flick it. Like these guys... Like, have you ever tried passing, a, throwing a ball accurately with your glove? Like, you'll hit your daughter in the face. Like, it's not and, – and like so when you see these these guys, now everybody does these things because they, they, make, they invent a move. And, you know, obviously not everyone can do what Mahomes can do physically, but he has invented a genre of throw – that we just never, we just never saw these throws. It's so true. I, you know, I, this is one of my favorite subjects. It's the Odell one-handed catch. Like, oh, I can do that. Well, then you should have done it because now he is the trailblazer um, in doing that. I those little tidbits that that uh, loom longer than the player's career does. It's it's. I guess the best example is the one is the four-minute mile. You know, Roger Bannister does it. And then he becomes the figurative rabbit that then like his contemporaries, it didn't take 25 more years for somebody else to run a four minute mile. Once it is shown like, oh, it is humanly possible. Then other people show that they can do it too. Yeah. I, I, I love that kind of stuff. It transcends just generational. Like obviously any 21st century football team would be the best team of 1975, um, which was the Pittsburgh Steelers. But um, the, but yeah, I, that stuff fascinates me. Spaghetti. Continue. So to run up my bad goats and you guys brought up the Yankees. I mean, obviously I have to give it to them. Uh, the first time in the 20, what is it? 26 year career of Ryan Cashman as general manager of the Yankees to, to fire a coach in season um, hitting coach Dylan Lawson was fired. They replaced him. I think uh, a couple hours ago with Sean Casey, hmm. obviously former MLB player now uh, works for MLB network. So I, I guess in a sense, it's good to hire somebody outside of the organization, which is kind of uncharacteristic of them. But, you know, just when you think things are going to turn up for them, uh, Anthony Volpe changed his batting stance after I stuck off for him a few weeks back and he's been hitting the ball like, like uh, crazy lately, which is a good thing. Harrison Bader has been a fantastic story for the Yankees uh, getting back Carlos Rodon who had a solid, you know, first outing a couple days ago, uh, the $166 million man. So it's good to see the team getting healthier as we're kind of waiting to see what's going to happen with judge. And it's just, you know, things have turned sour again. They lose the series to the Cubs that everyone's batting below the Mendoza line. They just seem to not be able to hit without judge in the lineup. And um, it's just, obviously they had to make a, a move here. I think they will be 
active at the deadline, but uh, firing coach midseason is not really the Yankee way. And this is uh, signals for an alarm. 28th in batting average in the league over the course of the year. They are last since Judge has been hurt. Um, fourth in the AL East. You don't want to see that. So it's just um, not the way the series is going to go. And the last time they had this few wins heading into an all-star break, um, they did not make the playoffs. And that was back in 2016. So things are not going well in the Bronx right now. I hear uh, you. Go go ahead there, Hank. Well, real quick, uh, first of all, obviously, the Yankees losing still makes my day. I mean, that's still like, you know, <laughs> 50 texts to the Red Sox thread. But it was so great that the Yankees lost back-to-back games, not scoring an earned run off of Jordan Montgomery and Jamison Tyon. So it's like, okay, you know, you got Harrison Bader for Montgomery. Tyon, you know, it, it has not having a good year, but it's like still delightful that that the guys you decided to tell to to get lost dominated you. Very fun. Um, speaking of coaches that have been fired by the Yankees, though, this is an honorary bad goat. You reminded me, Phil Nevin gets effed because he he gets a runner thrown out at the plate in that in that one game playoff in Fenway, but Joey Gallo is on deck, and it's like. Yes, I know. I know there are less than two outs, but that guy's probably not going to make contact like Nevin. You know, he sends him and and Bogarts throws the guy out of the plate. Okay, so Nevin gets fired. Nevin uh, is the skipper of the Angels. Mookie Betts already has six three home run games. Um, He's tied with Sosa and Johnny Mize all time career three home run games at six. The, the Dodgers are beating the Angels 8-4. It's the eighth inning. Nevin intentionally walks Mookie with a chance to break the all-time record. Is that right? For, what a skunk. Like, what a skunk. Come on, man. It's like you're not going to win this game, and, and Mookie has a chance at making history. The little guy who's on pace for 48 home runs. That's by junk. Shame That's on junk. you, Philip. I don't like that at all. That that is a bum story. I, um, you know what's funny though? It it, it occurred to me as a you know thirty thousand feet in the sky flying back and forth. I was I was looking at uh, random stats and everything. Batting average in the last like couple of years, once everybody like the advanced analytics and all that and and uh, the better numbers for who's a good hitter has now rendered like it, it seems as though. Major League Baseball players collectively are just like, well, I don't have to worry about batting average anymore. Like, is 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 the overall batting average down? It feels like it is. Everybody's batting like 260 or worse now. I mean, I know there are a couple of guys that uh, are the exceptions, but it seems like collective batting average is lower than it used to be. No? Am I For crazy? Sure. No, it of is. course. Like, I, I mean, Josh Donaldson's a good example. Yeah. Uh, I know he did. He did get a single the other day, but 10 of his first 14 hits were home runs. So like two days before the all-star break, I, I look at Josh Donaldson is hitting 140 with a 470 slugging percentage. Like, yeah, this is not possible. Like, but I feel like that is what the game has become, which is yeah. like, 
why try to string together a bunch of hits? We're all swinging for the fences. And maybe it. it's maybe it's right. It's that adjusted eye that we now have. Like Max Muncy, Max Muncy, forgive me if I'm wrong. I think he is an all-star and he's not batting 200. But because he's slugging and he has like 20 home runs, they put him in the all-star game anyway. I guess maybe that's the difference. Ten years ago, you know, you would have to be on a historic home run clip to offset like nobody would vote for you. Nobody would put you into the all-star game. If you're below the Mendoza line, now people are like, ah, what's the difference? He's well, slugging. It's, it's about, it's just about on base percentage. So if you're, you know, if you're getting on base 35% of the time and, and hitting for power, it, it just is more effective. But I agree when you look at these box scores, I mean, poor spaghetti, you know, Giancarlo was under the Mendoza line briefly. Uh, Donaldson way under the Mendoza line. I don't know what's going on with DJ LeMayhew, but like those numbers are insane. And and yet, you know, I mean, they're they're actually fifteenth in the majors in run differential. So I don't I don't know if they should be biased. And they're fifteen to one to win the East. Are you making that bet, Spaghetti? I like the Jays at twelve to one. The Orioles are plus three sixty. The Rays still prohibitive favorites at minus 280. That seems too optimistic given the way they've played. There, your Red Sox playing good ball, but 60 to 1 to win the East. You're not touching that, right, Hench? No. 60 no. to 1, though. No? It's too um, Everybody, yeah. you know, and the Sox second half, the Yankees actually have a pretty easy second half, um, starting with that big rivalry against the Rockies. Why do they play? <laughs> must have, must have. Got to see that. It's great for the sport. I, that's one thing I would deal away with is the interleague play. And now a quick break. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a one dollar per month trial period at Shopify.com/network. All lowercase. Go to Shopify.com/network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify.com/network. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Last question, because we've gone for about an hour here for the both of you. And I guess it's directed more at Hench because you're a Tom Brady supporter. If the rumors are true from that white party, that that exclusive white party, I forget who threw it, some fancy pants. Um, who threw it spaghetti? It's, you know? uh, I believe the owner, the creator of, uh, fanatics, I believe his name is, and he uh, owns the Sixers, right? M- yeah. Michael root, Ru- Michael G Rubin, Michael Rubin is his name. Yeah. He, uh, the owner of the fan of fanatics, which is now apparently going to be the outfitter for the NHL. Yeah. I heard about that too. So he has this big white party and two of the attendees were Tom Brady and Kim Kardashian and eyewitnesses say, that I don't know if they were canoodling or merely 
talking to each other or necking, whatever, whatever they were doing. If that proved true and Tom Brady dated Kim Kardashian for, let's say, six months, Hench, would would you would would his stock improve in your eyes or would it drop? Un, un, unfazed, un, unmoved. Indifferent. I, like, it's really? like, I, you look, first of all, Tom Brady, and he, he, read it. Read, I, I got to send, well, Spaghetti's so young, but like there's an article from uh, 10 years ago in the Atlantic called The Real Roots of the Midlife Crisis. And it talks about the U curve. And, you know, we're happy as babies and we're happy when we're old. And in between, it's just a straight shot into the abyss. And the average age of psychotic midlife crisis is 46. So anything Brady does in the next 18 months, it's like it's going to look weird on his Wikipedia page. But we all just have to give he's in it. He's like, what's left? He's, you know, he's feeling immortality. And so, like, you know, you wake up next to Kim Kardashian. What was that all about? I don't know. Where's the mother of my children? Where's the other mother of my children? I mean, it's yeah, it's the guy's going to the guy's going to be a mess, you know, from here on out. So what if he starts wearing Crocs? That could bother you. Yeah, You know, it's like as a crack pipe in the glove box and Crocs. (laughs) This guy's lost it. Uh, So I'll I'll forgive Brady. uh, I'll forgive Brady. Any uh, any indiscretions. Riding his hog around in his Crocs with Kardashian. Uh, riding hump on the back there. That's a, that's uh, you're cool with that. Okay. Yeah. He did. I got it. You know, I mean, uh, you know, obviously, um, you, she is, you know, a, a low bar, but superior human being to the father of her children. But, you know, mm-hmm. we'll see if, if <laughs> it's a controversial statement. Um, but we'll see if, uh, if they do canoodle and it leads to more canoodling, we'll we'll see if Brady gets completely insane uh, and anti-Semitic, then we'll know maybe it's Kim. <laughs> we'll keep a lookout for that. That would really jazz up the month of July, even if that doesn't happen, though. We're right there. It's Can we I'm almost ready to say we made it. We didn't make it. Yet. Oh, we're, we're still, so close. We're getting close. The, women, the Women's World Cup. That's what okay, listen, about, right? next month, by the end of next month, college football games that count and my old man won't be there to talk to the starting quarterback. So they will be 100 percent focused on what's going on between those lines. We're looking forward to all that. We didn't even have time. We had a nice conversation. We didn't have time for my latest stupid list. I went through the four major sports and I I, I figured out inspired by the major league baseball draft and the NHL draft. I went through. And and by my estimation, the best draft pick by slot one through 30, the four major sports. We have to dig in on that later. It's, it's very, very unimportant stuff, but it's still fun to look at. So, so we'll uh, we'll get into all that. Um, in the meantime, great stuff, uh, as always, by you, Hench. And uh, thanks again for your kind words. Same to you, Eddie Spaghetti. Appreciate your generosity and uh, the friendship of everybody out there who took the time to um, drop me a line, drop my family a line means a, means a great deal to us, but we're back to it. We will be back in, uh, what 
three days Eddie Spaghetti with another episode of Minus Three for you. In the meantime, check out all the great stuff going on at Extra Points. Getting ready for football. And in the meantime, Wimbledon, baseball, Women's World Cup. World Cup, right? Women's World Cup. All that stuff. See, it's all happening. Um, Check all that out. Talk to you later in the week. Until then, thanks so much, sports fans. It's been a thin slice of heaven.